These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Hello and welcome to The Ball Bikes, a weekly podcast breaking down all the news from the United Rugby Championship, the NFL, the English Premier League, the NBA and the wide world of sport. Hello and thanks very much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Ball Bikes episode 11 season 3 so the penultimate episode or basically the second last episode before christmas delighted to be joined by the chief how are you sir i'm good mate how are you not too bad can't complain a fantastic weekend of sport and another one to look forward to um yeah look rocky sends his apologies and sends his sent through his notes we'll, we'll, we'll discuss them uh, and the Tash is unavailable this week. So, look, we'll hope to get the, the full crew in for the, the final episode next uh, week. But we will push on. So, last week's player of the week from Rocky was Jake Elliott. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles goal kicker. reason he probably selected him is Jake Elliott had a 59-yard kick to send the game to overtime um, so uh, gonads of steel I think is the uh, the common expression um, Chief who is your player of the week and why Yeah. so my player of the week was Kobe Manu or Manu for uh, Man United in their win at Goodison Park um, yeah he just thought very mature performance for such a young young player. Thought he he played quite well. Yeah, and to be to be fair, the, the Sky Sports pundits did say that he would have got man of the match if not for Ganacho basically got man the, of the match. Just the wonder goal, yeah. Um, <clears throat> which to be fair, and he came on. Obviously, we're recording on Thursday night. He came on last night against Galatasaray, and the game was three three when he came on, and he he looked. Just as composed in that cacophony of sound and yeah, in a in a hostile environment, energy. yeah, he um, he, yeah. he looked he looked assured of himself when he came on, um, but yeah, he's he's my player of the week. I suppose three very biased player of the week. Um, if Rocky hadn't gone for Jake Elliott, I would have gone for Jake Elliott maybe. Um, but mine this week is Kai Havertz. The reason I've gone with him is obviously he struggled during his open tenure at Arsenal. He came off probably a poor year at Chelsea, but his last his last four games, club and country, he has scored thrice. 
Um, I'm obviously including last night's victory over Lons. Uh, injury time winner against Brentford. And then he didn't score against Austria, but they played Turkey. And he played an unfamiliar position of left back and, and scored in that game. So um, I just think potentially maybe Tide is starting to turn for Kai. Um, if he is, it'll be kind of a bit of a wonder story, given how poor he's looked in the opening stanza. But that was my player of the week. I'm, um, <clears throat> I'm going to take a, a Roy Keane quote and say, that's his job, to score. Which is fair enough. <laughs> uh, but, I'm, yeah, he ha- he hasn't been doing it, and he's he's maybe finding a bit of form. Um, yeah. It'd be interesting to see how he goes at the weekend. Um, can, he, can he continue it? Maybe it is the turning of a tide for him. Um, absolutely. Um, if we had to pick one, who is it and why? As you as as you said that it's very uh, biased across the board. Um, not being an Eagles fan, I'll have to give it to Jake Elliott though. Uh, for his okay. gonads of steel, with that yeah, with okay. that field goal. Um, yeah, look, we we can make a debate, I suppose this. It was a moment, I suppose, of performance, but uh, yeah, look, I'm not going to argue too too ha- too bad being a, an Eagles fan myself. Well, he had to um, kick others kick- up to that point as well, so but it was a, a very clutch moment. Um, very true, you know, very true. Um, yeah, yeah. we're going to get into agree to disagree. We'll kick off at Rocky's point and we'll debate it ourselves. I'll read it out. Um, but uh, Rocky's point is sent through. We've seen some very quick rebuild reloads over the last few years example philadelphia seattle seattle is debatable given performance this season is david tepper owner of the carolina panthers to blame for the prolonged rebuild of his team i definitely think he has a lot of blame on his shoulders um when you look at how much the bears absolutely fleeced them to give up the number one spot in the last draft, they the the Bears could potentially have a lot of pieces, key pieces over the next draft, next two drafts, uh, as a result of this, and the Panthers are going to suffer for three, four drafts maybe. Um mm. which yeah, I think that, that falls on the owner. Like the GM he can take some blame but ultimately it's the owner that's pulling the strings yeah I mean like you look at the GM what decision did he really get wrong he got the decision of drafting Bryce Young Bryce Young over CJ Stroud which look in hindsight looks wrong but at the time you're talking about an Alabama quarterback versus an Ohio State Mm. quarterback and the money, I know there's kind of been probably an equal share of flops as there has been um, it's success <clears throat> stories from Alabama. Like you look at Tua, um, Jalen Hurts, obviously, who was Alabama, ended up in Oklahoma. And then you look at, say, versus a Mac Jones. But Ohio State traditionally has fantastic quarterbacks that maybe don't have the same record in the program mm. jury's obviously still out on Justin Fields but 
with a potential number one draft pick, his time could be up in Chicago anyway, mm. as they could maybe look to move on from a draft yeah. Caleb Williams. Yeah, I I think a separate issue with Fields. I, I, I think he's shown signs so that possibly there is going to be another year in him. Um mm. and then with their with the draft collateral that they they have, they could move on him in any in another year's time, and mm. potentially still be high up to in the twenty twenty five draft if if there's someone good coming through, um, but I think on Rocky's point, like yeah, the lot of blame there on Tepper, um, probably trying to think other like franchises if you go across different sports the like the Chicago Bulls notorious for it looks like they they get some good pieces together and now it's like it it's looking really bad like the suffered a big defeat to Boston um the other night in the in-season tournament put that and I think Boston had to win by 23 they won by 27 to get through to the the knockout stages and stuff um yeah. seems to be a bit of disharmony there as well um with the likes of Levine who I I really like as a player but the maxed out his contract and it's whether they can get some value um for him yeah to it, it, to it is an interesting yeah interesting topic though because and I'll tell you why because my kind of personal stance on this is successful organisations wherever you look they're aggressive yeah so they don't sit in the laurels they're happy to make a mistake but correct it quickly mm. and, and what you could say about Caroline is they kind of have been that in recent years like they'll, they'll fire a coach very quickly they'll move off they've moved off some huge pieces they moved off Christian McCaffrey they brought in new players I don't know how many different quarterbacks we've seen under centre mm. in Carolina since say that side that Cam Newton took to a Super Bowl but they're getting it wrong consistently yeah um, the, the example for me of a good organisation of a good kind of proof in the pudding is like Philadelphia and I know it's very biased but Doug Peterson was involved winning the Super Bowl Carson Wentz was kind of he obviously didn't play in the winning Super Bowl but he was an MVP that season basically mm. bar the ACL injury they moved that boat very quick and they got lambasted for the deal they took off Indianapolis to trade Carson Wentz to Indy. And the proof is in the pudding. They actually won that deal. They brought in new pieces. And they made the move, the jump on Jalen very quick. And I know he's probably not, like, stylistically and stats-wise, the best quarterback in the competition. But he just seems like a great culture guy. And, and he, he's... His tangibles are sizable enough that he's a starter, mm. but it's his intangibles that are just 
they're off the charts. And that's kind of the difference for me anyway as a Philadelphia fan, as biased as I may be. Um, yeah, I think that that's the Eagles organization is probably one of the best examples of mm. not not resting on your laurels and like regardless of winning the Super Bowl, it's like okay, we see an opportunity here. We're going to move the piece around and but for coming up against the the Mahomes led Chiefs would have had a Super Bowl last year. Um, yeah, we, and. The, I suppose the reason why the Eagles are such a good example is look, maybe they won't win a second Super Bowl but they didn't win Super Bowls for so long that it can all change with the right pieces mm. in the back office Yeah, very quickly. Yeah. Um, it's not saying that he is the Messiah but and again biased but when you look at what Arsenal have done in the last few years under Kroenke, who may very well be one of the best owners in the world of sports. Obviously, yeah. he owns the Rams, got a Super Bowl there. He owns the Nuggets, won the NBA Championship last year. Owns the... Uh, I think he's a side that won the NHL quite recently as well. Is I think, he... Like, um, the LA Kings? Is he part owner of that? I have a feeling it's it's Denver based. Um, Avalanche is Co- Colorado is it, Avalanche. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the side he owns. Mm. But I think we were looking at like the best uh, period in sports ownership. Yeah, yeah, the Avalanche won the two thousand two <clears throat> Stanley Cup. Yeah, he's owner there. Had had Arsenal not slipped up, that's a case of like in twenty four months, he's won a Super Bowl, and then a Stanley Cup, Larry O'Brien, and a Premier League title. Yeah, that's like in twenty four months. Exception. That's ex- Yeah, it is. It's serious. Um, I just apologise. I seem to have a frog in my throat this evening. I just can't quite shake it. But um, yeah, that's and to be honest, like Arsenal are probably looking best to rival. City this year so it could be it, you know it, it could be another successful year for Mr. Cronky and uh, mm. his uh, investments mm. uh, obviously um, too early to see how the Nuggets are going to go again and stuff but you know it's uh, but, but all of those sides had kind of been whip, like not whipping boys but the, the clock did go a while back but just an interesting point mm. like like the Rams in St. Louis after the greatest show on turf which I think was like 2001 they were kind of very meh mm. and they moved to LA they did get to the Super Bowl with, with Jared Goff but again they weren't prepared to sit on the laurels with him they moved off him they and, and then Renuggets were kind of in a similar boat they were kind of regular season champions never really playoff contenders yeah and then, like it is, it is somebody who maybe needs to be studied in terms of sports ownership. Mm. The fact that we've so many examples of him changing the fortunes of organizations uh, and teams, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. without Middle Eastern money. Yeah, but look, we digress. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, I think happy to 
to move on to your point, Chief. Yeah. So having having won three on the bounce in the Premier League since the Manchester Derby, has Eric Ten Hag done enough to ease pressure on himself or will an early Champions League exit be the final nail in his coffin? And obviously the capitulation in Turkey last night, two one two nil up, three one up and then they ended up at three all uh, with very obvious error, errors from Onana um, for all three goals. Uh, like, I, like the annoying point or part is the three games after the City defeat were three clean sheets in the Premier League. I know they conceded a lot in Champions League and the League Cup the loss to Newcastle as well. I think it was... 3-0 in that one um, but do we, do we feel there's the pressure is just mounting and this Champions League possible Champions League exit is going to finish him I, I don't think he's a lot of time left I don't think he's a lot of good grace I don't know if the Champions League exit is going to be the final nail in the coffin Um I think it's a combination of a few things. It's like I, I don't generally know who can come in and say the ship at United. I think he's like it's just such a pressure environment, and I know we've talked about this before. It's like the ghosts of kind of the ghosts that hang around in punditry. So Ferdinand on TNT Sports scores, yeah. Um, Even Roy Keane and Gary Neville, like exactly. <clears throat> I was just getting to them. Like it just. And then even the only other pun that seems to be like are Micah Richards, who's a former City man, who's obviously going to have nothing fantastic to say about United, and Jamie Carragher, yeah. who's a Liverpool player. Again, probably not going to have anything nice to say about United. I think the pressure in United, in Old Trafford, it's just, it's such a mess. The best thing that could have happened to United was that kind of clean slate, if you want, like if, if the new ownership group had taken over, which mm. I don't fully know where that stands right now. No, th- that's a very uh, messy sort of situation. Jim Radcliffe is, I think, becoming a, a stakeholder, all right, but it's, I think, for them to move forward as a whole club, it needed to be new ownership. Like, the, part, the Glazers Out movement needs to be... <laughs> Bigger and louder, um, mm. you know. Like talk about the total opposite of Cronky. Uh, um, mm. Okay, they won the Super Bowl with Tampa. Um, with uh, when Tom Brady came in, mm. but it's just all all United is to them is it's a money making machine. They're not servicing any of the yeah. debt and they're just milking the, the profits and, you know. Um, but yeah, it's... He probably will lose his job either before Christmas or I wouldn't say much long after if results go bad. But who, who comes the, in is a massive, massive issue. It's like, who do you, mm. do you go for someone like Michael Carrick, just give him the job? Or, do you know, like, who who's who's big out there that can come in and, and do something 
that's going to have an effect. But then Carrick's ex-player, you know, and, and I'm just like that. That's just because he's having some some success at Middlesbrough. Um, you know, it's like they've tried Mourinho, didn't work. Roberto Martinez, perennial failure with or fail failure with uh, Belgium at major tournaments. Yeah. You know, I I don't know if it's if it's someone like that or where where you go. Like it, it's such a tough one. It, it like, oh, and and undoubtedly, I just feel like they're gonna make a rash decision, and they're gonna bring in someone like a Deserby. Mm. That they're just gonna say he's successful, throw money at him. Yeah, and that's that's the problem I think of United. It's just it's a lack of critical thinking, and I think ultimately, had Ten Hag been able to kind of put the pieces in that he wanted and remove like you look at Harry Maguire not been able to get rid of Harry Maguire it's such a I think after the Harry Maguire incident where he was basically sold to West Ham he wouldn't they should just pay them off yeah. they should just say go whatever whatever, whatever the difference in money was just give it to him mm. um, just to clear the state yeah. and it, it's it's something I think sometimes I, I don't necessarily agree with it. Um, and sometimes I, I kind of think, well, look, maybe it is for the better. Like, one thing that you would say about Arteta is he's very good at ridding, at, he was very good at ridding the club of kind of, not waste pieces, but maybe not great culture fits. Mm. Like, he moved off uh, Guendouzi very quick. Yeah. And, and Guendouzi, for me, was, had an immense talent, has done a good job at Marseille, but he just seemed like a bad, a bad attitude character. Mm. Um, it was like, you can be a bad attitude character, but if I try and change you, and you don't adapt, then you're gone. Yeah. So like, you look at maybe say, Xhaka versus Guendouzi. Mm. And I know, Guendouzi has moved on, uh, as has Xhaka. But, uh, yeah, I just think, there's pro- it, it's, probably it's, too many bad attitude players, in in the whole squad. You, you yeah. You'd nearly want a complete clear out, You'd nearly want to complete clear out. You'd want kind of the opportunity Spurs have this season and the opportunity we had, I think, two years ago. Mm. Just no Champions League football, no European football. Focus on the league, FA Cup and League Cup. Yeah. And just less games, build the squad, build momentum and let that carry on. Build character uh, and harmony, I suppose, or um, culture, as you say, mm. in, in the dressing room. Uh, of yeah. the, the right culture, especially for... The manager's philosophy and stuff like that. It's um, exactly yeah, um, and I think yeah. Look, there's an element to of managing United fans' expectations. Mm. Maybe less so the younger ones, but more so the older ones. The ones who are privileged enough yeah. to support United, John Ferguson. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's funny that we ended up talking about ownership on that one too. It seems to be a common thread. Um. But to take things completely in the opposite direction, I don't know if you've seen this, uh, it is kind of circulating online, it's getting a little bit viral, it kind of tweaked my interest and I'll reference The Athletic where I kind of read the article, and it tweaked me onto a point, so basically a 20 year old sports content creator who happened to strike up a friendship with uh, Miami Dolphins receiver Tyreek Hill is no, lo- no longer allowed on the sidelines during NFL games for this season and potentially for life. 
after Hill used his camera, basically using a phone, for a viral backflip. Uh, is this stance quite draconian? And are the NFL missing out on massive potential impact on social media, particularly this shorter attention span, younger generation? Um, and I kind of tease this off, maybe something we've talked about in earlier episodes of the season about maybe how the media from the Rugby World Cup wasn't as available as we talk going into it, given the kind of TikTok sponsorship mm. type thing. Um, is it a bit short-sighted from the NFL? I think it's very short-sighted. I think if if you have someone someone like that that's promoting your product, you know, it, it helps their fan base, it, it helps the NFL fan base and obviously in this situation Tyreek Hill's fan base it's win-win for everyone like mm. the more accessible you can make it and especially the likes of TikToks and Instagram reels and stuff like that the, the short bursts of highlights rather than the extended highlights and stuff that the younger <laughs> younger fans don't want to know about Um. I think yeah, it's definitely definitely short sightedness on on their ha- on their part. The as you said, the the world the world rugby made massive errors with with their coverage of of the World Cup. Um, like it was it was good on, like the television coverage was good, but the the highlights and stuff just wasn't there, and like. There's so many, and we said it before. Like there's so many good content creators out there for the URC Prem Rugby, uh, top fourteen, and they just they they lay down their hammer and it's like no, you can't do this. Yeah, it just I I completely comprehend and stand behind the concept of putting full fixture behind a paywall mm. but I think it's a bit short sighted not to see from a business pure business standpoint to not see the benefit of small shortened clips to like kind of wet the appetite yeah, re- and to reel people in, in and stuff yeah it's a it's something that always baffles me um, I think there's an element of like, not just even I I've mentioned kind of the younger generation, but even you look at maybe a probably demographic wise an older social media platform in Twitter, mm. which maybe people of my age, thirties uh, and over, probably gonna utilize a lot more than say nineteen twenty year olds. If I'm away from the couch. Uh, on the sports Saturday, which happens, life yeah. happens, and I see a great goal or a great try. Hundred and ten percent, that plants in my head. I need to go home and watch the highlights of that, mm. or I need to watch that game on replay. Yeah, and I just think it's it's look. Maybe I'm rambling about a point that we're all in agreement, but I just think the drive funneling traffic back into the main product through free platforms and 
like with a sports content creator like that you don't need to pay him <laughs> yeah it's just like free advertising it's uh it's mental yeah it's just, yeah i think the nfl is stuffed up big time yeah and especially if they're if they're going to ban him indefinitely it's it's he'll just turn somewhere else he'll he'll get in the nba or someone you know he'll someone in the miami heat and he'll strike up a, an agreement with the nba to allow what happened and you know Absolutely. it and it, it, they'll benefit from it then so some someone it's else the one thing i would say the it's one thing i would say the nba nails is that they the access to kind of highlights and contents mm. and monster dunks and stuff like that on this short form yeah they absolutely nail it um their their issue obviously is discussed many times just too many games it's just the games lack urgency yeah um and importance but yeah look uh, i am going to stop the timer it's about 10 seconds left on that one but uh yeah it's uh some of the teas are moving forward moving on must see TV. Um, it's it's a whopper kind of a weekend. We have a few fixtures here. There's arguably five other fixtures we could have thrown in here. So make sure to keep an eye on the sporting fixtures this week. Whatever app you use, whether it's something like Sofa Score or any of those apps. But Rockies won, and I'll just run through it quickly. Uh, again, probably would have picked this myself if he hadn't picked it first. Sky Sports main event. 25 minutes past 9 on Sunday evening. Repeat of the NFC Championship game. Eagles versus the San Francisco 49ers. That is, that's a mouth-watering tie. Yeah. For, for, the, uh, for the NFL, the Irish NFL fans, that is, it, and it doesn't matter which, of, which team you support, that is going to be, mm-hmm. that's going to be a really good game and looking forward to seeing that one. And I will preface this by saying Monday is the 4th of December which means it's officially a Monday in December. No one is working that hard. You can afford to stay up to half 12 and, and watch that. That's, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, Chief, your fixture weekend. My fixture way. is URC um, and this time it's Connacht versus Leinster in the sports ground uh, Saturday 25 to 8 uh, and it's on RT2 or Premier Sports 1 I think um, this is an interesting one with Connacht coming back from South Africa one win out of two now suffered a heavy loss to the Bulls at high altitude um, and as, as per every other Irish province that's gone there yeah um, they, they still very nearly got a four try bonus point though um, mm. you know just ran out of time and bit of luck I suppose but yeah it'll be interesting um, if the jet lag will affect them and how heavy stacked Leinster go again whether they, they go like they did against Munster or if they rotate a couple of guys in um, but I think it should be a good game in the sports ground yeah absolutely uh, it's one definitely to watch um, good to get a good few in the pros in between now and, and kind of over the Christmas mm. period um, the Leinster Munster game was good uh, I enjoyed it and finally my one I just threw this in as a bit of a a mulligan there was a few more obvious ones but I thought if you haven't any better plans on Saturday evening Alabama face off against Georgia Bulldogs in 
college football. I'm not a hundred percent sure what channel it's going to be televised on. There's a bit of confusion with the whole Sky takeover of NCAA and kind of. There's still some fixtures on TNT Sports or what was BT Sports, but nine o'clock Irish time. I'm sure you'll find it listed somewhere. Yeah. Um, but it's two kind of powerhouses of college football. Maybe Alabama's not where they've been in recent years, but I think they are on like a ten game win streak. Um, which shows kind of the standards they've set. Um, Georgia, obviously reigning national championship champions, uh, two time going for a three in a row this year. So, this will be a good game. If you, if you have the opportunity, yeah. I would definitely tune in for this. One. Good, uh, good opportunity to see some potential future stars of the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's this week's must see TV. Um, next week we'll be back for the final episode of the season pre-Christmas we'll obviously be returning in early January with season 4 um, but next week I suppose does require a bonanza to finish I'm not quite sure what that is but we'll, we'll come up with it during the week and hopefully we'll, we'll blow your little cotton socks off just in time for Christmas but that's all for me and that's all for me. Thank you. And good night.